Good evening. It is time for today's tax talk. I'm your host. I'm attorney Stephen Leahy. It is Thursday, March 2nd, the year of our Lord, 2023. And I found a really interesting article that we're going to talk about today in the treasure. And, and uh, I don't want to I don't want to give too much up, but you'll have to join us to find out. Won't you join us? You know, I've been doing the show for over a year. Most news stories. I mean, unless there's, unless it's the blood and guts, right? They say if it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> absent that, now sometimes those even involve taxes. But absent that, most political stories are at the root are taxes, tax stories. Uh, but I wanted to get uh, talk about a story today that I found really interesting, and um, so let's let's just dive right in. Let's go right into the story, and you'll see what I you'll see what I mean. So here we go. Uh, whiskey, I'm Irish, you know, whiskey, say, attorney Leahy, what does that got to do with it? <laughs> Maybe nothing. <laughs> whiskey recovered from a 170 year old shipwreck could be worth a fortune. And here's the shipwreck. It's in, uh, look at how clear that water is. That's in Michigan, in Lake Michigan. Uh, shipwreck hunters are hoping to recover the incredibly valuable contents of a 170-year-old sunken boat, including gold coins and rare whiskey. On December 7th, they didn't even know that it was Pearl Harbor Day uh, or my grandmother's birthday, 1854, a passenger ship named the Westmoreland sank in northern Lake Michigan during a winter storm. The 17 people aboard the ship died. And the gold, along with roughly 280 barrels of whiskey, thought to be in transit to soldiers at Mackinac Island, went down with the vessel. In 2010, a shipwreck hunter named Ross Richardson discovered the ship approximately 200 feet below the surface of Platte Bay, Michigan. Richardson's teams claimed that the cold and calm conditions of the lake could make it one of the best preserved wrecks of the 19th century. The, Westmore, the Westmoreland's contents have yet to be recovered, so there are still many unknowns surrounding the number of whiskey bottles and their level of preservation, making it difficult to estimate a price tag. As a point of comparison, though, a bottle of scotch recovered from the SS Polit politician off the coast of Scotland sold for 12,925 pounds, whatever that is. In 2021, Forbes noted, assuming the 280 barrels of whiskey each contained 200 bottles, the, the haul could theoretically sell for more than $870 million, the news outlet estimated. And you thought a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle was expensive. I did. A regional distillery is extremely interested in salvaging the whiskey barrels for testing and selling, Richardson said via the mirror. The genetic makeup of corn was much different in 1854 and may have had a different taste to today's corn. Richardson estimates that the gold coins could, be, could also sell for big bucks, perhaps $20 million so far or so. 
but he says that any serious recovery efforts would primarily be focused on the whiskey. Before he can salvage the treasure, though, Richardson needs to obtain per- a permit. He says the whiskey is deep within the ship and that it might be a long while before he is able to recover the contents of the ship fully. We are a long way, maybe decades, why would that be, from making that happen. Only time will tell if the Westmoreland will, sh- will share her secrets with us, he says. So you might be thinking. That's a great story, Attorney Leahy. But what the heck does it have to do with you? <laughs> You're a tax attorney. This is today's tax talk. What does it have to do with you? Well, here's what it has to do with me. There's a there's a very good story in, in Forbes by one of my favorite tax authors. He writes a lot of great stories. His name is uh, Wood. Woods? Is it Woods? or It is Wood. Robert Wood. He does a lot of great stories. And he writes a, uh, with a... He does a lot of tax stories. He's a... And he writes with the, with the tax in mind. And so let's read that story. That's a... Uh, And that's what makes it so interesting to someone like myself. So let's go to that. Shipwrecked whiskey may be worth $871 million, and the IRS taxes it. Well, we know that everything's taxable. Everything, um, right? Here's a nice, another good, here's another good uh, picture of of the ship. Very nice. Most people think of sunken treasures like gold coins or bullion, like but whiskey is sometimes recovered too. If it's well preserved, it can be invaluable. In 2021, a single bottle of scotch salvaged from the SS politician off the coast of Scotland brought 12,925 pounds at auction. Now, 280 barrels of American whiskey could be salvaged from a 170-year-old shipwreck, the Westmoreland, which sunk in 1854 in in Lake Michigan. Forbes calculated 280 barrels could mean up to 56,000 bottles, and that could be worth an eye-popping $871 million. I don't know about you, but if if it's worth that much, and if I was there, I wouldn't take decades for me to get it. Of course, no one knows for sure until it is recovered and tested. Some may want not want to drink it. At first reported by the Mirror, shipwreck hunter Ross Richardson says that a regional distillery may want to use it for scientific research. Yet permits are required for removal of any artifacts, and they could take years. But once the haul is up, do they really have to worry about looking over their shoulders for the IRS? We all know the answer to that, don't we? Yes. According to the IRS, money or valuables you find are taxed, even if you just happen upon something by pure pure luck, and even if you don't sell it to turn it into cash. In fact, when it comes right down to it, just about everything is fair game for the IRS. So whether it is diamonds you find, gold bars, or nuggets you discover, or just about anything else, it's taxable, according to... Caesarini versus the United States. I'm going to have to read that case. I did not read that case, but I think that's interesting. That was a tax case involving Caesarini, a man who bought a used piano for $15 and found $5,000 in cash inside. When the IRS said it was a taxable income, he said he went to court to push back on Uncle Sam's cash grab, but the IRS won. The IRS calls fines like this a treasure trove and says you have to value it and declare it as income. So some people even have to sell their discovery to to be able to pay the tax. It's kind of like when they take the farmers have to sell their land to pay the inheritance tax. 
great that I inherited the land and I want the land, but you can't keep the land because you got to sell it. About the only way a recovery is tax-free is if you recover your own property, something like art stolen by the Nazis and later recovered. Here's where it gets interesting. If it isn't already interesting, right? If you can prove it's yours and you are just getting it back, it should not be taxed. But even then, under the tax benefit rule, if you originally claimed a tax deduction for theft or loss of the property, you must include the value of the recovered property in your income when you get it back. And if the property has gone up in value in the interim, you get stuck with the tax on the increased value. Wow. You might think that giving your fine to charity would fix the tax problem neatly, but the IRS has an answer there too. In fact, giving to charity can make the tax problem worse, as sometimes happens with prize money. You can decline a prize and avoid all taxes, but if you accept it and then donate it to charity, you can't. Even if you immediately give it to charity, you can only claim charitable contributions on your taxes up to 60% of your contribution base, generally your adjusted gross income. The limit is lower, 30%, for gifts to certain not private non-operating foundations, veterans organizations, fraternal societies, and nonprofit cemeteries. You can carry over excess charitable contribution deductions from one year to the next, and you have five years to use it up. In the meantime, though, you are paying tax on money you've given away. It's another example of our complex tax laws and many tax traps you might encounter. I just thought that was a great that that's a great story. Not only again the the uh, the story of finding all of that whiskey and that whiskey is that valuable, especially old whiskey. Uh, and again, it's in Lake Michigan, you know. So I have we have the tie there because I'm here in Chicago, and. Uh, it's interesting. But then again, the tax consequences. Uh, we did the story about the baseballs. It's in, you know, I wrote about it in, in the description below. I have, I wrote uh, something about this, uh, the tax trove, what it is. So you get a little bit more information. Read the story. It, there's lots of good information there. Um, you know, again, I think it's like the baseball from uh, Derek Jeter or, or anybody, right? Anything that when it happens and there's a record-breaking ball and it's worth a ton of money and the, the fan catches it and gets off, but then it gets taxed. Uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. We, we did the story about the the um, Olympic gold medals being taxed. I know they tried, I think Congress tried to change that. But, uh, you know, I think as we sit here today, they're still taxed. And, uh, maybe I did a story about them changing it. I don't know. But anyway, the IRS taxes everything. Uh, it's you know, the uh, Congress can carve out some exceptions, but basically, again, the against, against the Sixteenth Amendment, uh, income from whatever source derived is taxable. You know that's why the Sixteenth Amendment is so so darn powerful, and you know maybe should have been considered a little bit longer than it was, <laughs> but it is what it is. I don't think we're ever going to get rid of it. I'm never going to get rid of the Sixteenth Amendment. Anyway, that was a great story. I'm glad that you could join us for it. Uh, um, I just, I'm tickled pink when I get a story like that. So, and you know, that's that story again. I found it right before we came on here. I was going to do a. I had another story, but I always, uh, I always Google or DuckDuckGo, uh, IRS, and look for the news to make sure that I don't miss anything because I don't want to come on and do a story when the biggest story is out there and I didn't even see it. Uh, and, but I thought this story popped up. I thought that was a very good story. Um, you know, it's got all the intrigue of treasure 
and the great uh, subject matter of taxes. So, uh, so thanks so much for joining us. I want to ask you to like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. We need your help to get this information out. As I said at the beginning, most stories that aren't blood and guts involve taxes. How are they going to tax you and how are they going to spend it? And uh, and so you find all that here on today's tax talk. So we need your help to get that information out to others. So please help us. <laughs> I'm begging you. Okay, I'm not begging. <laughs> so, but uh, also, if you have an IRS problem and you owe the IRS money or if you have unfiled tax returns and you don't know what to do, get a copy of my book, uh, Deal with your IRS problem today. Go to freeirsbook.com. That's freeirsbook.com. Get your free copy. I will pay for the publishing if you pay for the shipping and handling. So go to freeirsbook.com. Get your copy. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Uh, we will. We don't have a guest tomorrow, so we'll be back on Monday. Uh, you won't want to miss it. Who knows what great stories are going to pop up like this one today. Um, so thanks so much for joining us. I don't know what my, my, my uh, story is up. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us. And we'll see you next Monday here on today's Tax Talk. You won't want to miss it. Uh, as always, God bless you. And today we are out. Mm-hmm.